Lord bless your soul. I love you, girl. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself why, oh why? See, you must understand, I can't work a nine to five, so I'll be gone. Till November, said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl, you I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl, you I'll be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl, I can't stay. I'll be gone till November. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is your apocalyptic podcast host. Anna Rosen, welcome back to Blind Love Radio. And today I have a pre-apocalypse talk for you. I have Victoria of the Scales of the Goat on Instagram, which is a fun little tribute to Capricorn being the water goat, which we all love. And... So we basically have like the same chart, but we're like born a year apart. Um, so this is kind of like an amazing display of how even when you have like so many of the same planets and the same alignments with things like that, it can play out so differently in manifestations. Um So it was so cool talking with her and just seeing the similarities we had, but then the differences, like very subtle differences, Um, but kind of like how the baseline energies are still there. It's just the way that they're playing out can be different. So this is a very like astro heavy talk, which I personally love and I hope you guys love it too. We also talk a lot about tarot. Um, We talk a lot about, what else do we chat about? We have a really fun like rant at the end talking about how our Venus placements play out and kind of like what that says about like your love life and what you're attracted to. So please comment on the Instagram post and let us know where your Venus is in your chart and what you're attracted to, kind of like how they play off of each other. Because that was such a fun little chat. Um, And at the end, she starts talking about the emperor archetype and how she kind of sees it. And I loved that. And, you know, who's like really giving me those vibes is the governor of New York right now, how he's handling the pandemic um, it just feels like exactly what he's described. She is describing um, of the emperor. So check out everything Victoria has to offer at the scales of the goat, astrology, tarot, Palo Santo, essential oils. You can find all of that through the link tree on her Victoria and her partner Aaron's Instagram the scales of the goat so they do this like business together which is really fun I love that um so I hope you guys enjoy I hope you're all staying 
safe and healthy and if you've been impacted by this whole pandemic which I know everybody has that I'm sending you love your way and I'm sending you peace and that's all I got for you guys um I will see you on the other side if you enjoyed this podcast if you could rate and review it that would be amazeballs um and this song which I love and feels kind of appropriate um kind of inappropriate which I also kind of like is Wyclef Jean um gone till November so I will kick it back with that and then I will start chatting with Victoria and I'll see you on the other side Lifestyles of the rich and famous Some die with the name, some die nameless Every time I make a run Girl, you turn around and cry I ask myself why, oh why See, you must understand I can't work a night to find So I'll be gone in November Said I'll be gone till November Okay, so go ahead and say hello to everybody and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. So I'm Victoria, and I'm known as the Skills of the Goat on Instagram. Um, I am out in the world as a medical student and a tarot reader and a small business owner with my partner. We import sustainably harvested Palo Santo. And so a little shout out to Aaron, who is in Lima, probably making little packets for us all. Um, and I'm here in Portland, Oregon. It's probably my big hello. Wow, what a life. <laughs> I try, you know. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. <laughs> so what's it like with like tarot and diving into this medical world? Like how do they kind of go hand in hand? Because they are like such modalities of healing. But then I feel like, each side kind of doesn't always believe in the other one. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's something that I feel like I'm always kind of like reconciling in myself. And it, I mean, I guess it's, it's sort of like, I always was really interested in things like on the mystical side, like the Lord of the Rings is my absolute favorite in every aspect. And like all the fantasy and at the same time, there was always like the really practical, which is where I probably feel like there's the Capricorn, Sun, Pisces, Moon, like practical, fantastical, all wrapped together. Um, but I kind of came into the tarot astrology world through my own like deep dive, dark night of the soul kind of thing. And then when I brought kind of like emerged and came into that, I was sort of just starting medical school and just kind of, it's sort of like they all came together at the same time. And then I discovered how much I loved like psychiatry, psychology. And then the more I learned about archetypes and thinking about like Carl Jung doing astrology charts and um, psychology together and like, oh, but it makes so much sense for like self-empowerment and self-understanding and like self-depth work stuff. And so But yeah, I mean, they definitely like, they definitely can feel sort of separate sometimes, like two worlds that have a hard time coming together in some ways. And I totally see how they come together. 
Oh my God, you're going to be such a powerhouse when you like have your own practice. Oh, thanks. I hope so. Because I feel like you will because you're a Capricorn. (laughs) Plus like a whole Capricorn stellium that, you know, I'm just like, ah, so much Capricorn self. Like when I finally looked at my chart and really delved into it the first time, I was like, oh, (laughs) I understand so much more. Like this is why I'm so perfectionistic, but no big deal. Okay, so we have basically the same chart, so we have to talk about this. This is crazy. I know. It made me laugh so much on that episode when you're like the the goat crying, climbing up the mountain. I was like, yes, that is literally nothing could describe my life better. <laughs> yes, it's so emotional, but like so many goals, but they're all, <laughs> they're so emotionally taxing. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's like, and the moment when you're like, I'm being practical, but I'm also crying because, and I can't tell you why, because I just am. Yes. Like it's just so hard. Yes, exactly. And it's like all of the, all the things to like achieve and stuff. Do you, do you have a Capricorn stellium too? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. So when were you born? I was, I'm December 24th of 90. Oh my God. I'm January 2nd, 1990. What? That's so wild. So you had like the crazy eclipse like on your birthday. I know I did. And it was just like, there is just too much. And like, what happened for you this year? This, I mean, the past, like all of this cancer Capricorn eclipse has been so much about like family stuff in particular. And like thinking about like who I am and what have I like, how have I like limited myself and how beliefs that I've had like limited me and how do I start to break through them? And it's, so I feel like that's been what's coming up a lot. And so it's like, how do I take that into the next phase? How do I like move that forward? And, but it's just, it's definitely been so much like intensity every, it's like summer, winter, just like up intensity. Here we go. So do you, what kind of house system do you use? So I, I resonate more with Placidus. Like I looked at my whole sign once and it just didn't make sense. Cause I, cause I'll have, I have like Capricorn is mostly third house for me in Placidus. And it made so much more sense than like having Capricorn be the fourth house. I guess it's like, that's where I find the like Placidus makes Scorpio be most of my first house, but a little bit of Libra and like, yes, I just want to delve into all the depths all the time. It kind of like makes me think of more for like your whole sign houses with what you were just talking about with the eclipse. That's true. Like like all fourth house themes because that would be like cancer themes. Yeah, that is true. I guess like that. Yeah, because that's totally what's come up and then I didn't think about it that way. And then as I was saying, I don't resonate with fourth house. (laughs) Like, wait, maybe I do. Shoot. (laughs) I feel the same way and I kind of feel like they each tell their own story like you can't really I don't know it kind of feels like you because they both work yeah well and then the other day I was listening to Jessica Lignato's ghost of a podcast and she was talking about a different house system that started with a c 
And I was like, oh, that sounds so wild because I guess it has more intercept houses. And I was like, oh, well, now I clearly need to draw this chart too for myself. And like, what does that. that mean, intercept houses? So it, it's like when my understanding, and I don't totally understand it, but my understanding is it means when like, let's say it's your fifth house and there's like a little bit of Aquarius and then all of Pisces and like a little bit of Aries all in your fifth house. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Pisces is, I guess, intercept because it's like in the middle of the house and like there's, it's not the bounds of it. Like don't go outside. Does it, does that make sense? That's kind of what I've understood. So then what does that like mean though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's what, that's what I need to like. We need to know? look into this. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, what is, what would that look like? And then am I just going to get totally overwhelmed by too many understandings of myself? <laughs> And it's hard because I've heard Jessica Lignato, who I love, who is like all Capricorn. And she said her teacher was like, just look at all the house systems and then pick which one you like best and then don't go to any other ones. Yeah. But I like, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like I do that sometimes and then I'll have a conversation with someone or I'll like hear about it in a different house system like what you just said about the fourth house all the like fourth house themes in this eclipse season and I was like oh no exploding my mind um right it's so like textbook though like oh feeling Mm -hmm. like I'm coming into my own and my family totally totally plus like I'm sure you do you have Saturn and Capricorn then too totally yeah because I feel like because we're then both approaching like our exact Saturn return and so I feel like that's so much of it too right because it's like ah all the things are happening all the growth like oh no well we're almost done I know it's like almost the exact point and then I need Saturn and Pluto to just like move along and get off my Saturn so what has what do you feel like your Saturn return what was your big lesson oh my gosh it was so it has been so wild because I like Saturn entered Capricorn like basically right when I started medical school. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Which also feels like third house, right? Because you're learning. And especially that first phase was like so, so, so much learning, like so much classroom. Um, And then that whole like two years, like year and a half before Saturn entered Capricorn, it's like I was in all of that preparatory phase and I went through such like that dark night of the soul feeling. Yes. And then, then when I like realized that and I put it all together, I was like, oh my gosh, it was just Saturn was like, get ready. Here you go. Time to learn some lessons about like being fully yourself. Go. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. What have, what have you felt? So mine was a lot of... Mine was really big, like, third house themes, like, definitely relating to you with, like, the dark night of the soul. And then I started this podcast, which is, it would be third house in my whole sign house. So Mm -hmm. that really fits with, like, Gemini feelings, all of that. Um, And communication and talking with people and exchanging ideas Um, and it's been just like really healing, which I feel like is so cancer to all of it. 
which is kind of like the bomb. Um, and also stopping smoking weed was huge for me. Oh, tell me more. That's so interesting. It's very interesting. So I smoked for, I feel like people on this podcast are probably like, stop talking about this, but it <laughs> is really interesting. Okay. So I was in a double year this past uh-huh. year and I think that was really indicative of it. And it just felt like this big message of Saturn of like, you need to stop. Like, I can't, I can't even explain like how the download came through. I was just kind of like, why am I still so anxious? And Mm. I'm such a Capricorn where like, I'll take all of the steps I need to but it's always like what is filling me up like emotionally that's hard to let go or like those emotional crutches, I think yeah. because of like the Pisces moon. Totally. So totally. I'll kind of like overcompensate with everything else. But like if you're not really like addressing the root of the problem, it like <laughs> doesn't nothing really like gets fixed. It was yeah. kind of like just like a big bandaid on everything for a long time. Which it, it like helped for years. Like I smoked for a decade and it really, really changed my life for the better in the beginning and like most of it, I would say. And then I feel like I was on like a slow decline for maybe like two or the past like, I don't know, like two years, I'd say. It was like mm-hmm. I probably should have known I should have stopped. Um And I think it was just making me more anxious and it would like flare up my OCD symptoms and I would, it would make me like more paranoid and, um, and like also I I had like Neptune on my moon in Pisces. Oh my gosh, same. (laughs) Right? So then it's like already, like I couldn't really tell between like reality and not reality a little bit. Like, this yeah. makes me sound like I'm crazy, but, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get it. I mean, that's, like, oh, my gosh. That has been such a theme of this whole Neptune, pro- like, coming close to my moon. Like, it hasn't quite been there yet, but it's been close enough that I've been feeling that, like, is it, am I dreaming? Like, yes. do I go, like, read 10 fantasy books for the next next week and, like, ignore everything else? Probably. Is that good? like for my the rest of my life like maybe not but do I need it like yeah it's like this like idea of escaping and kind of like ignoring the things and also I wasn't really dreaming a lot when I was smoking like you don't dream quite as much Hmm. um and I would go back to like the same places all the time in my dream landscape which is very interesting because the moment I stopped smoking Like, I stopped smoking in the name of I need to dream, which is, like, very weird. Well, that's also, so, something that I've been learning recently, so, like, I love Kathleen Callahan of Daughter of Wands, and I'm doing this really awesome astrology, like, year-long journey with her. Oh, my God, that's so cool. So cool. It's all about, like, the seasons and astrology, and so she was walking us through the like cardinal points of the of the chart and how your IC which like is around Capricorn for both of us how that's about like 
midnight basically in your life. And it's about like how you dream and what you're dreaming. And so I think it's so wild that smoking was stopping your dreaming. And then in this whole big Saturn transit, then you're realizing like, oh no, I want to dream again. And that's down on your IC. Yes. Oh my God. You're right. They're so close to each other. Yeah. Like it's just so wild. And my North Node is in there, which yours would be too, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Down there and down there in the underworld of my life is my North Node. Like, Okay. So uh, like all of my planets, when were you, what time were you born? Or I guess I similar at, to me, right? Yeah. I was born at like two in the morning. Oh my God. This is so weird. I was born at 3.02. What? A.M. Oh my God. So all of my planets are like under the ascendant and descendant. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like Do you I have, have that very, also? Yeah. I have very few planets that are I have above. Jupiter above. I have Jupiter and I have Mars. Oh, and where's your Mars? My Mars is in Taurus. Oh, tell me more. Well, okay. So I actually... I kind of have a hard time connecting with it, which I think might be because it's, it was retrograde when I was born. So I'm always kind of like, uh, what is this Mars action thing? Like, how do people do that? But I think, I mean, I'm definitely very stubborn when I decide to do something. So I totally see this, the Taurus piece of it. And I can get very like, this is how things must be done. And like, this is, this is where we go and this is how we go forward. And so I, I can feel that Taurus Mars piece. Um, and that would know. be in your seventh house. Yeah. It's in my seventh house, but like the end of your seventh house, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's at like the end of my seventh. Actually, no, that line. It's like just barely in my eighth house. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then it's like, so then I'm doing all of this which maybe, maybe it does make sense is that all of the like work and all of the things that I've put my attention towards in like depth, a lot of them are really all about like what's deep inside. Right. And like, maybe it's the whole fact that I'm doing all of this and going into this whole mental health field and like uncovering all the stuff that's deep underneath and that is under the rug. Right. Yes. Like, that's probably where it, where it comes in too. And that takes like a lot of like bravery, especially when you're looking at like relationships because that has so much to do with psychology. Yeah. And like seeing, you know, definitely like seeing things come out in relationships and being willing to actually go there in relationships is so hard. And like, that's something I've totally struggled with because of my Libra rising. I think like, I'm like, everything's fine. We're just, we're just together. Everything's great. And then have to actually go in and be like, no, 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 we need to, we need to go deep and we need to delve into things and we need to be willing to like dig stuff up bit by bit. Okay. So you barely have liberizing in your first house, right? You mostly have it in your 12th house. Yeah. Libra is mostly my 12th house. Um, but it's funny because I do totally connect with being a Libra rising, like, like the, all of the aspects of like, I think it's just people can kind of feel like I'm very, like one of the shadows I really struggled with is like being too accommodating. Right. And so I can see that. And then maybe that's why a lot of it's in the 12th house. Cause a lot of it's also like, how do I think 
about my relationship and like relationship with the spiritual or relationship with like hoping certain things to exist out of a relationship, right? Like almost, almost like a, a blind spot around relationships sometimes that's taking me a lot of time to like overcome. And also like guiding people in the journey through their relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And in like that kind of in that aspect, that's a little bit more um, like mystical, I guess. It's like using these tools of like tarot and astrology and these other things to guide people through. Totally. And then in the 12th house also it being very like a little darker. Also like the darker parts of the mind we don't always like go into every day. Yeah, exactly. And it's like we can we can kind of float off and like get lost in those things too. And so it's really important to like have a little bit more of that energy that's kind of forward moving as we go through those darker, intenser, more like confusing parts of the self so that you can kind of like keep swimming forward even when you just feel like you're swimming in the mud. Mm. So I love that you brought up Kathleen's idea of like the chart being like your clock. Yeah. So what have you seen looking at your own chart with that idea? Yeah, it was super helpful when she talked about that because it it made a lot of sense because I thought about the fact that in the morning, like I really struggle with the whole concept of like not looking at social media in the morning and it's because I want to know what's going on in the world. I'm like, yes, I'm awake. I want to communicate. I want to, I want to know what's going on. I want to be aware and like, I want to reach out to people And so I always feel that impulse in the morning and everyone's always like, no, keep your phone away from your bedside. Like, don't look at social media. Yeah, I get it. But I also want to be connected. I'm here. I'm awake. Let's go. Okay. So where would like the morning be? It would be on your descendant. It's on your, it's on your ascendant. So that's, that would be. uh, Yeah. And And then then it goes like up and around. Exactly, exactly. It goes backwards from the houses. Okay, so well, that totally makes up. sense with your Libra rising. Right? And I was like, maybe I can just give myself permission to look at Instagram and not feel guilty. Totally. Okay, so take us through your day. Okay, and so then I get to the middle of the day and lunchtime, and that's like my MC's in Cancer, like just barely in Cancer, right? And so I do really value my lunch. Like I hate, I hate it when I have to learn stuff during lunchtime. It's my biggest pet peeve. And it's so funny because like when medical students and residents and like they're in the hospital and there's always like lunchtime learning sessions, I'm like, no, I want to just eat and enjoy my food. Don't make me add information. Yes. Okay. Hold on. We have to talk about your MC too. So how do you feel like that relates to everything? I mean, it definitely seems like you're very nurturing. Like that would be like a great therapist-y type of thing. And plus I have Chiron right on like just Oh my God. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Chiron and Cancer. I have Chiron and Cancer too. Oh my gosh, we have we have the same orientation. I love. So, how do you feel like it relates to your tenth house? 
Yeah, I feel like it's funny because I've kind of struggled with my 10th house because most of my 10th house is Leo. And the only thing I have in Leo is Jupiter and like, and it's, and it's retrograde. And I have so many other planets in Capricorn. And so then Jupiter is that like awkward, not exactly across from Capricorn. And so I've always kind of had that aspect of like, can I be boldly out in the world as myself or can I not like is that okay can I take up this space like can I radiate all this out in the world and so I've always found it sort of this tension to actually be like okay it's okay if I'm out shining fully as who I am in my like out of the home life and that's always that's always been something that's been a lot harder for me probably and probably too because I've got so many planets down in the bottom and so my my like chart is so much interior like getting to know me and then I've got this 10th house Leo that's like hello (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) what is struggle is so real Circle is so real. Do you, so yes. So how does that, how does that happen for you? I'm so curious. It's so awkward. Like, okay. So I have Leo is my 10th house. Yeah. And I feel like I totally relate to that. Like I love creating, I do hair. So I had an astrology reading with Heidi Rose Robbins And she pointed out that Leo is, like, the main, so it's, like, the hair. I love that. Right? I love that. And then I have Aries in the sixth house, which is, like, touching people's heads. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And then, like, having your own business is, like, very Aries. Um, And then Taurus like Capricorn well in Placidus my Capricorn would be in the second house so that's like very like Venusian like this whole beauty like making money off beauty um so I feel like that definitely plays out but then there's like this whole other story in my chart with like everything just like you said like being under the surface And that's, it's like not being seen. It's like you're just seeing, I don't know, that like trying of like, of like the money thing, but it it totally doesn't overlap with really like who I am as a person. Um, And like everything I've gone through and like, I don't know, I've just been through like, so much with like eighth house themes where which is where my Chiron is so Mm -hmm. like exploring like the depths of my own psychology and like you know being really depressed and getting really anxious and um just like as a teenager really going through all of that and like I've been in therapy like my whole life And that's so indicative, I feel like, of a Scorpio rising with Pluto on my ascendant. So, so like, just this idea that, like, I know myself and, but I don't know myself. And, like, 
And then if I don't even know myself, like how are other people really going to see me? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I do. Because it's that, I totally hear that struggle about like trying to get into your depths and feeling really connected with them. And then at the same time, there's that aspect of like, what about them is kind of eluding you at the same time. And like, how do you integrate Cause, and that's, that's like the, the ascendant being so outward and then Pluto being so inward and having that tension between them almost. And also like a lot of people don't want to hear about the, the bullshit you've been through. You know totally. what I mean? Oh my gosh. And yeah. understanding that and accepting that. And I think this podcast has been really he- healing for me because I can like talk about it where it's like people can turn this off if they don't like it and the people who like need to hear it or like healing from it like they can totally tune into it and I'm not like accosting anybody with it like I'm not like talking to my clients about it and making them uncomfortable so I think like really leaning into that Taurus like the Taurus piece of like keeping things very grounded and stable and um like pretty and you know what I mean which are all like great things like things don't always have to be so like serious and intense even if that is like a truth that I'm holding like I can still tune into this other truth of like yeah, it's a really nice day. Like, I might feel like shit, but we don't have to talk about that. Like, yeah. like we can talk about Netflix. <laughs> like, that's fine. We all we all need a little bit of that, right? And like, totally. I was, thinking, I was thinking too, when you were talking about the podcast piece, and I was like, wow, that feels so healing. Like, that feels like such a beautiful way to utilize your Chiron being in your eighth house and like utilize that kind of energy of saying, of like that, deep kind of aspect of here's what's like hidden and what's like really hard to talk about and people don't necessarily want to hear about it and then you're bringing it out into the world in a way where like you're not having to do it and see people's reactions directly right like it's not like when you're having a conversation and you're looking at yes and such a good point (laughs) and because they're listening to it and their decision to like keep listening or not listening is, is their own. And it's not involved in that direct like conversational piece. That's really uncomfortable. If you're trying to share all these really intense things that you're working through and you can tell that the other person is just not having it. Totally. And I know I can be like very overwhelming if I like get to Scorpio, like I also have Mars in the first house with Placidus. So it's like Mars and Pluto. Like, I'm just an intense human. (laughs) So just like allowing myself to be like that. But I also used to think like I felt like I was being fake when I would hide those parts of myself. Yeah, Like, okay, so I feel like when I was a lot younger and a teenager, like those I I was so, I would say I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to articulate it. Like those pieces of myself were so strong and they were so unmastered that they just kind of like 
ballooned out everywhere and I couldn't control them. So mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, um, it just took over. And then yeah. when I was, I'd say when I hit 20, I was able to kind of compartmentalize all of it and push it away and kind of really lean into the Taurus. Mm-hmm. But I felt so fake. And like I was completely like not integrating the real me at all. And then coming to like find this balance of like, Allowing those two parts of me to coexist, but not needing them to coexist in the same space at the same time all the time. Because like having too much of either of them is not great. Like you need the balance of both aspects and it's like it's so it's like so easy to go into the other sign, into the other side, right? And like get so much into that Taurus aspect and then and especially because yeah because it's having having to hide stuff that's in your first house is is so hard because it's so integral to who you are and so it's always going to be something that you have to be able to express and then if it's something that in society it's like oh but we're not going to talk about that or we don't want that kind of intensity then it's denying that like core aspect of who you are Totally. And then I also feel like there's a lot of bullshit in the media about like in the self-help or spiritual world about in order to be authentic, you need to be expressing all parts of yourself all the time, Right. which I feel like is just ridiculous. And like knowing your audience is huge. Yeah. And plus it's impossible because we all have so many facets that are like, that are totally contradictory and that's okay. And like, we can can be in, like, we can feel two totally different things at the same time and that's not wrong. Or we can need to like really seek refuge in another part of ourselves and just ignore, like, like ignore something else about ourselves for a little bit and just be like I just I just need to be in my Pisces moon for a while and just ignore like my Pluto in Scorpio for a little bit because it's just too much right now you know oh my god you're so wise okay so I feel like we went on a long tangent about (laughs) my weirdness (laughs) let's go back to your clock your chart oh clock. clock. Right. I forgot we were even doing the clock. Well, what's funny too, is that when you were talking about um, what Heidi Rose Robbins told you about the mane, I thought that was so interesting because I have grown my hair really long. And Ooh. so my now basically goes like all the way down my back and I didn't used to have it this long and I feel so delighted with it. And I feel like that's just such a great, like simple, I, well, I don't know if simple is the right word, but just yes. such a great out in the world aspect of this, which is kind of fun too, because I think sometimes I can totally get so intense and deep in like astrology and tarot and all of these things and get into like the muddy waters. And then remembering that sometimes it's just about like the way that we dress or the way that we look. (laughs) And like, that's totally part of it too. Yes, it's so true. Right? And it doesn't make one like better than the other. Exactly. I think that's just so fun because 
we like it's the same kind of thing like we can't always be swimming in the murky waters like we also have to have some time just enjoying like yeah I'm a Libra rising and I love like picking out my clothes for the day and thinking about the colors and the jewelry that I'm wearing and like that's so fun I love that like that's totally part of it too but totally yeah. So then like, so then we get to, so if we continue on the clock phase, so we had my lunchtime where I'm like, I need my little cozy food and I'm just going to enjoy it. And then my descendant is in Aries. And it's funny because I've never, this was super revelatory for me because I've never liked exercising in the morning. I hate it. I hate getting up to exercise. It drives, it's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, literally. But I love, like, if I'm going to do something, it's in the afternoon, like at four o'clock or something. I'm like, yes, I am ready for that bar class or like doing something in movement. And so then I connected with that so much with the Aries descendant because it's in the later afternoon, like it's close to sunset time and that's when I want to move I was like well yeah oh my god I love that I like to exercise in the morning oh my gosh and I feel Uh, like that makes sense because I have my Mars oh true true in my first well it's also in Sag so like being able to get the fire out is super important yeah, where it's like all my fire just kind of builds up during the day and then I want to do it all versus in the morning. I'm like, no, no, no fire. I need to make I my feel like If I had a stressful day at work, I'll also or just if I hadn't worked out already, like I'll work out in the evening with mm-hmm. the Aries. Mm-hmm. That's but it's it totally like, it. like work related stress. Which makes sense because it's six house too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that piece, but it's totally true for me too. It's like, if I've had a more stressful day, either it can go either way. Like either I can definitely get more into the Pisces a little bit later and just be like, I just need to sit and do nothing. Or like my Taurus seventh house and be like, I need a cookie or some chocolate or both. Um, or I'll be like, I have all this stress. I need to move. And it could be either way. And probably if you had like super, if you took on all the emotions of your clients. Yes, totally, totally. Right? Because wouldn't, wait, you're, where do you have Gemini? So Gemini is my eighth house, mostly. Me too. It's a teeny bit of my ninth house and then my eighth. So you're probably like talking to people about really intense shit. Yeah. And that's how it, then that's like totally how it comes in too. It's like if I'm listening to them and they're talking to me and I'm talking with them and they're like processing in some way about all this intense shit and like and it's totally how I process too like I process by talking through things and well that's that Libra rising right totally the Libra rising and it's totally like I need to be able to talk about things like at the minimum put them in my journal and probably find the ear of my therapist and just talk at her for an hour <laughs> which is totally what happens I love that so have you been in therapy like forever or no it's something that like it it started so when I was in this kind of intense dark night in like 2015 2016 that's actually when I started and it's something that I had always like I'd kind of known but then I kind of resisted and been like no 
not for me. No, I don't need that. And then I look back and I'm like, I so wish I had had this so much earlier. It would have been so helpful for me in so many ways in, you know, starting in like teenage years, which is probably why now, like my particular interest is in working with like kids and adolescents and kind of older kids. And that, because it's so like, I look at them and I'm like, I wish that when I was your age and I was going through all of this confusion and trying that aspect of how do I live in the world as who I am, but not, but then that's not always wanted. And how do I deal with that? So yeah, so it came a lot later and I'm just, it's one of those things where I'm like, I think everybody can benefit from therapy a hundred percent at some point. And like, then other things might come up where you like a different modality and like, that's awesome. And I think it's super helpful at some point for everybody. Oh my God, you're going to be able to help kids so much if you can read their charts. Yeah, that's my, that's my hope. Cause I think it's like, it's, it's something that I love when I hear about parents who know their kids charts and it's like my, one of my favorite things. Cause I think it's just so exciting. Cause you have an idea of like who you are and then how that relates to your kids chart and what they're going to need when they're growing up and why they're going to like have all these tantrums because maybe they have a Leo for like Leo rising and they just like express it out. And I think that's just, it's just so amazing to me when parents know those kind of things. I love that. Okay. Right? And we can see like how your chart interacts with your kid, which is yes. So and see like where, like what's going on in their fourth house. Yeah, Totally. Or like the fifth house with the kid aspect and like. Ooh, yes. Right? So much. Okay, so moving on. Okay, so we got to the evening. And then, so then my my Capricorn is my IC. And so I will totally dream about work if I haven't done enough to get it out of my head. 100%. Oh, I, interesting. Well, it's like it's the worst thing ever because I'll have a dream about like inter like writing patient notes or like taking notes on the classroom stuff and it will be super real and super tangible and I'll wake up and I'll be like, What? <laughs> Did I ever leave the hospital? Have I just been here? No. Okay. I love that. That's so like appropriate. Yeah. And so it's like, I've had to really, I've really noticed like when I make a conscious effort to like really disconnect in the evenings and read tarot, read fantasy, like read other books, like take space. Then I either, uh, then my dreams will be more about like tangible things, but they won't be about work. Okay. Let's talk about your dreams. Like what else do you dream about? Like, do you have crazy dreams? Yeah, I had the most interesting dream the other day. And so it was, gosh, it would have been just a few days after the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And I had this dream that I was in this house, like this old house, and there was this person who was the alpha of a werewolf pack. And she told me, and there were like these other people, and there were these people who were chasing us. And she asked me to go back into another part of the house and find this other werewolf in her pack who'd been murdered by the people who were chasing us and bring and like try and bring that body back to her so that she could take care of it and like bury it and 
honor this werewolf. And so when I did that, I go back and I basically use all of this, all of like my mental power. It was basically like the force in Star Wars to pull this werewolf body towards me. And then when I do that, the body like integrates into me and I become a werewolf. And then, so I like go back to her and she says like, okay, now you're part of our pack and now you're a werewolf and I turn into a wolf. And then I go back again to this room because there's all these papers that have something to do with like integrating the knowledge of how to be a wolf. And I, again, I kind of use the force and I pull all of these papers towards me and they're like pieces of magazines and pieces of books and they all stick to my skin. And then I run back to her and like have fully integrated how to be this werewolf, human wolf person. And we leave this building and I don't remember the rest, but it was just, I woke up and I was like, what? So wild. Oh my God. Uh, What do you think it means? Oh, I have been thinking about this so much. Um, I mean, definitely. I was thinking a lot about the aspect of like, integration and taking things into the self and both like the I was thinking a lot about the aspects of integrating like the knowledge and the instinctual part right like intuition feels very much like the wolf part like kind of instinctual intuition just feeling and all these papers were all the knowledge and so it's like integrating both of those into myself as for like a transformation Ooh, I love that that feels so Saturn Pluto Oh my gosh, so sad. And Saturn and Pluto are just, you know, just chilling right by my Saturn. So it's fine. And like taking it into the body, which exactly. feels very like Saturn. Yeah, because it's all about like the the structure and like the tangible physical body stuff and like bringing it in. And I could feel the papers literally stick to my skin. And the skin is all like the skin, the bones, like that's so much Saturn and so much Capricorn stuff, right? Ooh, I love that. Yeah, so so I was like, so now I just need one. I just need all the all the wolf like medicine, all the wolf energy. Now I'm just like, yes, I will, I will take that. Do you ever like give yourself readings in your dreams? I've never done that. I think that would be so interesting. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I had one. I had like a Lenormand reading on the Saturn Pluto conjunction I think like around that day wait really yeah it was so weird um hold on let me get my dream journal and I'll read you an excerpt (laughs) okay I'm so ready plus I'm so on a side note I'm so curious about the Lenormand because I like don't really understand it and I think it's so interesting it's so cool like, maybe that'll be my next delve, deep delve, yes. is until end. Okay. So it starts with all my teeth falling out. So oh. all of my teeth fall out. And I was in a field with two boys who were teenagers. And they came up to me with playing cards. And it was the four of diamonds the six of hearts, I think, and then the queen of hearts and then the jack of diamonds. So it was four different cards, four different Lenormand cards. And then I went back to this parking lot with my dad 
and my gums were like on the floor with my teeth in them and I was just like bleeding from my mouth and I'm like just dripping all of this blood and like my all of the teeth in my mouth were gone and I think that I died but actually I killed somebody else (laughs) (laughs) and then these parents like there's two like other random parents and they were like we'll take care of it like we're gonna like cover this up and then the in the Lenormand school so these teenage boys were like in this Lenormand school Uh and the school principal was like very suspicious he was like what's going on here and I was trying to hide the evidence in this red velvet suitcase and I was like trying to hide it everywhere but like it was just so bright and like you couldn't hide it and they were getting very suspicious and I was doing a really bad job (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's about it and then i and then i woke up tell me what does that mean (laughs) so the like the first thing that came to my mind was totally just thinking about like boundaries because like that that just that just popped in my mind i was like boundaries right and then and i think it's interesting because it was so the suitcase being velvet when red made me think about that Taurus Scorpio polarity that you were talking about earlier and all of your Scorpio self and that aspect of like having Pluto and Mars in the first house and all of that intensity and then going into the Taurus piece. And so it's like, it's so beautiful and luscious because it's red velvet and it seems so plush. And then there's all this intensity inside. Oh my God, there's a dead body inside. (laughs) There's a dead body inside all of this beauty (laughs) you're so right I'm like I can't hide it like but it'll it'll look pretty though so that's okay oh my god you're so right yeah and then I looked up like I pulled out my Lenormand deck after I woke up yes I want to know and it was the house I think which was four and then it was, I want to say, I can't remember. I can't think of what six is, but then it was a snake and a scythe. Uh-huh. So something about like transforming home, like something to do with like home and like cutting out. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and plus the, like the, the scythe makes me think about both like death and, and like the grim reaper, but it also makes me think about time and Saturn. Right. And like, the, like the Saturn Kronos, like sickle, that's the word for it. The, the sickle, the harvesting of time. Oh my God. I never oh. even thought about that. Just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where to, where, like where that goes, but it just, it just makes me think about that. And plus, right. Cause it's right with that Saturn Pluto conjunction. Right. And then the snake would totally be Pluto. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to Google Lenormand. And then plus the fourth house 
Cause that, cause that's, cause Capricorn's in your fourth house with whole signs, right? Third house. Oh, third house. Okay. Okay. Never mind. I'm thinking about <laughs> that's mine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Keep talking while I Google this. Well, so I'm just so curious. How did, how did you get into the Lenormand aspect? Cause it seems I feel like I see resonance with tarot, but then it also seems really different. And I, that always has confused me. And I think it's so fascinating. Okay. So I am obsessed with Lenormand. I love it. My sister was originally into it. And it just gives you like a very, oh, the clouds is six. Oh, the clouds. So like confusion. Like, cutting out confusion in the home. Or, like, I don't know. That's interesting, like, thinking about the scythe with Saturn. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The clouds, for some reason, made me think about Neptune. and like Oh, Neptune my God. And- yes. I don't know why. Because, like, Neptune's sea, but it just brought it to my mind. Yes. I have the hanged man as my, like, card of the year with tarot with Wait. like a spread that I did oh my gosh the hangman is one of my cards of the year because ne- this is like my Neptune year why so- is it your Neptune year okay so this was another amazing teaching from Kathleen from Daughter of Wands who is just amazing um but, but she taught us how to calculate our time lord um, which is by like the year of birth. So it's like on your first year, it's whatever is the ruler of your first house and then two, three, four, all the way to 12. And then it restarts. Right. And so it's like every 12 years you like restart. And so I'm in, I just turned 29. And so that means I'm in my fifth house, which is Pisces, which is Neptune. So like Neptune transits are particularly important this year for me. And then that means that the hanged one is one of my cards for the year. I thought it was like, it would be, I thought it was six house with 29. Or does it matter? It's like 12. It starts like the first house with zero. Well, well, because it's like 12 is the 12th house. So then 25 is first. See, 25, 26, 27. So I'm not going into a seventh house year, or I'm going into a sixth house year. Sixth yes, house year. Yeah. With me being 30. That's the way I understood it. Yeah. Cause it's like one through 12, and then 24 is 12, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 would be sixth in that way of doing it. Ooh, how interesting. Oh, so what do you, what fifth house themes do you think are going on? Yeah, I don't, I don't know yet. I mean, I'm like, what, like a month into it? <laughs> <That's almost? true. laughs> I'm not ready yet. Don't ask But I mean, definitely, I mean, I definitely feel the hanged one. I definitely feel the hanged one. Like, there's so do much. Do you right- feel kind of betrayed that like it was supposed to be oh. over? I felt so betrayed when I realized this. I was like, are you kidding again? More? Right? It was just so rude. So rude. Like, we were supposed to break up. 
Right, exactly. I was I was ready to leave you behind and move forward with my life, but apparently I'm still just chilling upside down doing my acrobatics. It's fine. And like cycles. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought it was done. Just kidding. But I guess it's not. I guess I guess we're going to keep doing this. And it's like and I get it because Neptune's going to get more and more like close in its conjunction to my moon this year. So like I do feel a lot of that deep like confusion in some ways. And, but I totally feel like right now I'm in such a pattern of having to just like do everything I can do and then let go, like just let go and not control the outcome, which is so hard for me to do with so much Capricorn. I want to control everything. Ooh. <laughs> And so it's so much just like being okay with not knowing and being okay with like letting things work out the way they're going to work out. And that's so hard for me. I agree. I feel like I'm going through the same thing. Right. Because you're having this hangman year. Right. And it's so true. It's like I have no idea what's going on. It's like the Uh things that I thought I was going to know at the end of last year, even though that was just like a month or two ago, it's like completely like everything's just been turned upside down. Yeah, totally. And not in like a dramatic way, like not in like some tower way, just like very subtle, like, oh no, that's not actually right. Right. Or like, you thought you were moving in that direction, but you actually just need to sit here for a little bit. Yes. And like, you might still move in that direction, but you're just gonna, you're just gonna just chill. Just be. Yes. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna like create this whole website and I'm gonna like start offering tarot readings. And this is like what I'm gonna do. And now I'm like, actually, I don't think that's what I'm gonna do. (laughs) And I'm so disappointed. (laughs) Because it would be so easy to just like continue along the path. Right. And just be like, well, this is where I was going. So I'm just going to keep going here. But then you have to be like, all right, well, I guess I need to just evaluate if I really want to go that way. Yeah. Oh, I feel you. Okay. But Lenormand cards. Oh, yes. Tell me more. Are amazing. You need to get a deck. Oh my gosh. All right. Tell me all about the Lenormand. So it's from France or some people say it's from Germany. Okay. And it was by this lady who created it and her name was Lenormand. Madame Lenormand. Something like that. I feel like everybody's cringing at themselves by my bad history. But (laughs) (laughs) it is 36 cards and they all have like very simple pictures. And then they're kind of more like looked at like a playing card deck or have more similarities to a playing card deck than tarot does. Mm -hmm. And I like to think like when you want like a very specific answer, I go to Lenormand, and when I want something, like, more esoteric and, like, thinking about bigger themes that are going on and, like, broader scope, I go to Tarot. Uh, So, like, do you feel like the Lenormand is a little bit more 
direct then so direct so direct so punchy um the creator of the deck um frank he was on the podcast of the deck that i use i can't pronounce his deck to save the life of me but it's the one that i always use in my instagram and it's amazing okay yeah yeah i mean i've definitely seen it then okay and he talks about it like it's like a very like spunky grandma that's like very sharp and like will tell you that you've been eating too much and it shows (laughs) (laughs) which that was totally my grandma oh my gosh yes and that it's like extreme tough love yeah and just like lay it out and just tell it like it is totally and And like you can do whatever you want with that but it's like that's what's going on Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) Isn't that the best? That is the best. Yes. That's totally my grandma. She'll just sit there and shake her finger at you and be like, this is what you need to do. Yes. Got it. And it was like, there's a little bit of meanness, but I don't know. It like, it really, it will really help you transform if that's what you're looking for, because I think it shows you very direct steps and like very if you're at like a crossroads and you're like should I go left or should I go right I think it very clearly will give you direction like it can be maybe a little bit more tangible than the tarot sometime then oh my god all the time (laughs) (laughs) don't get me wrong like tarot is so spot on but I feel like on an emotional level yeah. Rather than it, like, Lenormand feels a little bit more Capricorn and Scorpio. Yeah, totally. I can feel that. It feels very like Saturn-Pluto is what it feels like. Rather. Yeah. It, I mean, the way you're describing it, it feels very like Saturn and Capricorn too. Totally. Sounds wonderful. It's so tangible. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's not like some hidden meaning. It's like, you're supposed to read it exactly as you see it. Hmm. It's not like, oh, I'm calling on my ancestors and this is what it says. It's just like, okay, clouds plus house. Like, this is it. End of story. This is it. Like, Uh you're going to be confused at home. Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am. (laughs) It's funny though, because I I definitely feel like I get messages like that too. Sometimes from my tarot deck where I'll just pull a card and I'm like, okay, yeah, all all right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Totally. And I guess it's not to say that like tarot can't be like that because I, I feel like it totally can be. Yeah. But I think it can... I feel like Lenormand usually just isn't, it doesn't cross into like the very broad way that tarot can. Yeah. And where it can have like different interpretations and different ways of like thinking about the energy of the cards that's coming out versus the Lenormand's a little bit more like, here's the information. And, like, yeah. You're not like, really dealing with like energy. Yeah. It's not like, let's feel into the cards. Yeah, it's, so it's like, like, what do you see in the card? 
totally. Yeah, it's totally, oh my gosh, it's so Saturn and Capricorn. Right? And then the other one's like very Pisces. Like I think of my tarot deck as like, like I ordered the tarot deck that's like, I feel like my soul deck on a Pisces moon. Did you really? Which which one's your soul deck? I want to know. The Pagan Otherworlds. Ooh, I do love that one. Don't you love that one? That one. It's so dreamy. It is, and it feels so, like, it feels so mythical. It like, does. I feel like I'm, when I see images of it, I'm like, I feel like I'm just walking through some sort of, like, myth. Yes. Like a story. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like some sort of other, I mean, I guess that's in the name. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> other world. <laughs> it's so true though but it feels like the other world that's like paralleling this world Ooh, why that i don't know it just feels like a mirror to this world like the two are like connected but they're like on opposite ends Ooh, that's so interesting how did how did you get to feel that i think that that just like fascinates me that idea i have no idea i don't know but I think because like it feels so Pisces so you're thinking about like water and reflections Mm, and mm -hmm. so many times I see like the cards line up in a certain way and you have this like continual landscape and then sometimes it'll be like they're upside down but they're still like lining up and you almost Mm -hmm. feel like they're like walking underneath like the world. Ooh, yeah, that feels so, so Pisces or so Scorpio to me. Right? Yeah, it's like down, way down in the depths, like way underwater in the like, in like an, I don't know, maybe think about those underwater, um, what are they called? Valleys? Rifts, that's the word. You know, like all those big rifts that, that are underwater that you see and you can, when the, when they send like on, planet earth or whatever and they send the cameras down and it's all these weird really weird fish that survive at like super high pressure and all the glowy stuff no but i need to look into this (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why this came into my head but the idea of like those like weird needle teeth like lantern fish Ooh, i love this just i like it in the Pisces underworld. Okay, so what how do you feel about tarot? What's your deck? So I so I resonate a lot with the Moonchild tarot and what I, is that one like? So that one's it's super mystical and that's what really drew me to it in the in the beginning cuz like I never really resonated that much for my own readings with the Smith Rider weight because it just felt too like I appreciate the images for building blocks, but it just felt too like constrained or like here's what is here's what is I, I don't know. And so I love that's where the Moonchild Tarot came for me, and it was just very like pastel colors and mystical and sort of very Piscean feeling to me. But then I recently got the Weaver Tarot from the Threads of Fate. And I also adore it because it's, again, it's like a lot of pastel like colors. All the images are very full of symbols. And I think I just, I really resonate with symbols and the idea of like all the layers and depth of meaning in them. And so that's why, that's where those come out. 
That feels so Capricorn. Ooh, why do you feel like it feels Capricorn? That's so interesting. I, I don't know, like the depth of symbols and like they hold knowledge. Yeah. But like, I don't know, it makes me think of like your handle, like the scales of the goat, like scales. It's like there's so many different ones. Yeah. Well, and they're like, they're so tangible, but at the same time, they have so much wrapped up in them that goes beyond the, the eye. Yes. Like, and the scales of the goat is totally a play on words too, because, you know, it's the sea goat has scales, but then there's Pisces and there's Libra. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I didn't even think about Libra. Yeah. It just came, it came to me one day. I was just sitting. I don't even know what I was doing. And all of a sudden I was like, scales, goat, wait. I love that. Okay. So how do you feel like, about tarot what's your favorite card hmm favorite card that's so hard because it always changes I so I love especially in the moonchild tarot I love the queen of wands love 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 the way they have the queen of wands because there's just so much like brilliance and flowers and light around the figure and so I just look and it just feels like such a big yes to be like this is who you get to be. Just, just like show it all out in the world. Like just be all of yourself and just be totally unafraid to like bloom and exist. And so I just love, it's like, it's yellow and pink and super happy and all this radiance. I'm just like, yes, I need that permission slip. Thank you. Oh, I love that. I love it. But I also, I really love the devil. I really do. Tell me more. Oh my gosh, I just the just all of the layer. So like I think I resonate a lot with the devil because a big theme that has come up a lot in my life has been the theme of like guilt and shame and like letting those determine like who I am and what I do and then breaking free of that. And so I really feel into that concept. And then I think I think a lot about the fact that the devil, like it's something that everyone has these preconceived notions about. And then there's also so much more under the surface, which I feel like is so true of Capricorn because everyone's like, oh yeah, Capricorn, you know, that's business. And like, they're really good CEOs and they're super determined. And it's like, sure, but there's a lot more underneath that. And I just love that about the devil. Like everyone has these thoughts and they're like, oh yeah, the devil means like the devil as an archetype, not even as a tarot card, like a devil means this, but then really it's so much more layered than that. Are you a very disciplined person? Yes. <laughs> I love discipline. Oh my gosh, I'm so disciplined. I'm so, like, I love discipline. I love lists. I love, like, taking control of things. I love, like, accomplishing things. Like, it's totally, it's it's totally true. I'm, like, so on both ends, though, because I love discipline, and then I also love a good nap. Oh my gosh. I love a nap. I, I also love a good like snuggle and read for five hours. Totally. I feel like you have to have both. Yes. Yes, totally. But it's, it's hard. Like it's a really hard thing for me to not like take that nap and not feel bad about it. Really? Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? I think, I mean, I think it definitely comes from a lot of the 
like so much as just that Capricorn focus of like doing and, uh, and achieving and producing feeling that's in me. And then it's like the nap. And I guess, I don't know. I feel like naps feel very Taurus. And so then they feel very much like, I don't know, like it's something maybe because it's in my seventh house. And then I think about the relationship and I'm like, can I take a nap? Is that being too selfish? Or is that like, should I be thinking about someone else, anyone, like anyone out in the world? Does that make sense? Yes. That's so interesting. I have none of those problems. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yes, I will. I will be napping now. Thanks. But I feel like it like helps me. I don't know, because I can get like with my Pluto in Scorpio, I feel like I go to extremes. So I'll either be like completely like fall into that like Capricorn, like super disciplined. And then I'll get like too much of that or I'll fall into like too watery, like Pisces Scorpio. So I feel like finding like a balance, like as long as both are present, it's fine. But if it's like I'm just like napping all day or like whatever I'm doing, then it's like it's too much. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like for me where I end up doing that more is I get a lot more in the wateriness and in the like the fantasticalness. And I'm like, yes, I will. I'm, I find it easier to not feel bad about my quote lack of discipline when I'm sitting down and I'm reading a really good book that I got like immersed in the world for than when I take a nap Mm, because you're still like finishing a book probably because it's still productive in some way even though it's like off in like it doesn't need to be a book that's um I'm like learning something quote like even if it's something fantastical I also think like when I'm sleeping, I'm processing emotions mm-hmm. in ways that I can't when I'm awake. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. I I do feel you on that one. Um Okay, what year are you going through numerically with the tarot? So, I'm in a I just entered a universe year. Oh my uh, god. No, I know. I'm just wow. like, oh. wow. I'm here for it though. I'm like, well, what's funny too is that then next year I enter a death year. And I was like, all Ooh. right. Well, yeah, I know. It's like, sure. The, the universe to death sounds like a great, great combo. But, um, but what yeah, did you just, just go through? I just went through a judgment year. Oh, how was that? Oh my gosh. It was so intense. It was, a, it was hard because I really struggled when I realized I was going through a judgment year to connect with the word judgment because I had so much judgment about the word judgment, um, as being like judgmental towards myself. And like, I've tended to be really critical and like hard on myself. And I've really worked on lessening the inner critic And so at first I was like, oh my gosh, a whole year of dealing with like my criticism. I can't, (laughs) but then it was super helpful to me. I had a reading like really early in the year with Erin Aquarian, um, full-time witch. 
Oh my God. Yes. I was just thinking about that. Like, have you mapped out your cycles? Well, we didn't, we didn't do that, but what was super helpful is she, cause it was like a mini new year's Eve reading. Um, but it was super helpful because she talked about the aspect of judgment as a great awakening. And it just like that helped so much because I thought about it and I was like, okay, I'm wait, I'm awakening to something new and something bigger. And I feel like that's totally what this past year was like 2019 for me was totally about awakening into like new aspects of my power and new aspects of like my sense and like who I am and what I'm doing. Like I, like my partner and I started actually like taking the scales that go out into the world. I started doing tarot readings at one of the places here in Portland. Like I, kind of just had to listen to all these calls and just be like, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go there. And it totally felt like this year of just me being willing to like go in new directions where the world wanted to take me and like listen to that and not ignore it. I love that. It feels like it's amazing how it all fits together with like your Saturn return and thinking about like how that fit in with your chart and then like everything that's going on astrologically. I know that's the same thing, but still. Totally. Uh, and then it made so much sense because it's like, it's what prepared me for coming into this last phase of my Saturn return, which is now in my universe here in my world year. And it's ruled by Saturn. Exactly. Cause it's ruled by Saturn. And like in less than a week, Saturn will be exactly conjunct my Saturn. And so it's like, it's that final culmination. And so I've got this whole year to like finish processing those Saturn lessons that I've been dealing with as Saturn has been in Capricorn. And then as Saturn starts to move into Aquarius, instead of as I'm processing, it's kind of starting to move. And so it's like this whole year to kind of come into that pinnacle of the cycle. And it just feels so Saturnian. Wow. I'm here for this. I love it. Also so ready to be on the other side of my Saturn return. I don't know how you feel. Me too. I'm ready. I'm so ready. It's interesting because numerically my year is the chariot. Ooh, how's the, how is, what are you feeling about the chariot? Okay. I know this sounds very superficial, but I bought myself a Peloton. (laughs) What? What did you buy? A Peloton bike, like one of those bikes where you like ride it at home and it's like a spin class. Oh, and I've been calling it my chariot and it feels very chariot because it's like I'm doing all this work, but I'm not actually going anywhere. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's like changing me as a person. Yes. Yes. So, so far. (laughs) it's so superficial but I love it no but sometimes these things are so in the like quote mundane world right it's like like what were we talking about earlier with the hair and like your job being touching people's heads and everything like sometimes it is so literal and that's amazing totally and last year it was so not literal well it's also interesting going from Capricorn to Cancer like going from the devil to chariot oh that's interesting that's a huge right like leap how how was your devil year 
Well, the devil year, it was like the stop smoking weed thing. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. And all the Saturn stuff. And I feel like I really, it was very grounding, though. Like, it was very extremely rewarding, I would say. And then also, like, the podcast has been, I did it for a year. And that was so healing. And it was, like, This idea of being able to like free myself, I feel like I like pushed past so many limitations that I thought I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say it was very challenging, but very rewarding. Right. Like no longer being bound by things that you felt like you had to be bound by anymore. Yes, totally. Another reason why I love the devil. It's so crazy. So it's such a great card. It's so empowering. Yes, exactly. That's uh yes. That's what I feel is so important with like tarot and with astrology is that it's actually super empowering when you get those invitations to like take a look at what's been binding you in place and actually start to like move forward from that and be like, instead of just living with it and just accepting it and instead to say like oh okay I'm gonna be aware of what's been binding me and now I get to step forward and like that's so cool it is so cool I mean that's how we like transform and grow exactly and it's this huge opportunity to transform and grow and it's like tarot and astrology just kind of open those to us and they're like here you go you can take it and you cannot like it's okay if you don't And if you do, like, here's what opens up. And that's so amazing. Which card do you find the most challenging? Ooh, I struggle with temperance. I find temperance really hard. It's like, I find it really hard to understand. And I find it really hard to put into practice. Mm. I, I don't know. I feel like I get stuck in... There's like, there's, there's water and there's fire because of the Sagittarius. And then I'm like, how do those come together? And I just. Do you struggle with Sagittarius in general? I do. I, you know, I was going to say I, do I struggle too. with fire. I struggle with fire in general. Cause like, I don't have a lot of fire or like many planets in my fire signs in my fire. So I just, I'm like, what? Fire, rushing, movement, stop, halt, ground. <laughs> I feel like I struggle. I feel like I struggle a little bit with cancer. Ooh, tell me more. Like I, th- I was thinking like, cause I don't struggle with Leo at all because I feel like that's my MC and I feel really comfortable there. Mm-hmm. But thinking that like you seem, do you feel more comfortable with cancer? Yeah, I do. I feel, and I, I, I get the sense that it might be my Chiron and I have my South node in cancer, but you do too. But like, I think it might be my Chiron that really helps me feel more comfortable in cancer because I am just kind of like, yes, there, and it's totally like what you were talking about earlier with going into Taurus from Scorpio. It's totally where I've gone from Capricorn. Like I can really focus a lot on like nurturing and taking care of others and get into the shadow of like putting others before myself and then also struggle with that aspect of boundaries of like 
where do I put boundaries around things and other people and where do I not? And where am I, where, why, why is it so hard to place boundaries? So like, I find the, I actually find kids are a lot easier to understand and relate with. And then like versus Leo or Sag or even Aries, I'm just kind of, it feels kind of overwhelming. And like this herd of horses is like stampeding me. (laughs) Oh my God. You know what I'm thinking of? Because I'm thinking of like cancer and then you said boundaries and then I'm thinking of that house that came up as one of the cards in my dream, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's the end of the thought. But But it's true, right? Because it's like, it's like, who do you let in your home, right? Uh Uh-huh. But it's also hard because... I think I struggle with cancer because it's in my eighth house. If Mm. it was in my whole sign, it would be my ninth house, which I struggle with Sag in general. So I feel like it's like a struggle in either location. Yeah, totally. Because like, it's like a mothering figure in this like haunted depths of your psyche. (laughs) It's like not a happy place. Right, right. It's like, and it's like you go down into the psyche and you're looking for like, who, where's the nice mother figure? And then you've got Persephone and you're like, hi, are you, can you, are Are you you my my mom? (laughs) (laughs) It almost kind of like makes me feel like, I don't know, like the chariot is like, like if you were to place like the chariot next to the death card being like a scene for the eighth house. Like, yeah, totally. You're journeying into hell. Yeah. And then you're trying to find someone who's going to like take care of you there. And then but that's that's hard because then at the same time, when you're in that underworld, like you you're going to go into into hard to like hard to deal with things. And that's not something that's easy to take care of. It's like to hold space for that. Totally. Or you, or you like start learning how to hold space for yourself and that, which is, but it's hard. It's hard. I was hoping for an easy year. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) I feel you, but it's like, well, cause I feel you too, because both the chariot and the world are at the end, like in that idea of breaking down the majors into sets of sevens, they're both at the end of one of those lines. Right. And so it's that. Like it, it's always going to be kind of hard because it's integrating all the pieces that come before so that you're ready to like move to the next line. But that's not. It's simple. very interesting that like both of our, the end of our Saturn returns are ending like a line. Yeah. It, yeah, totally. Because it's that aspect of we're, we're closing a cycle. We're closing a, a circle in our lives that then we have a whole nother 29-ish years until we do it again. Where's your progressed moon? I don't know. I calculated that once, but then I got overwhelmed. <laughs> so you should look into it again. I have an Aries progressed moon right now, which is very is, fitting, like starting a new cycle. What does that mean? Like, what, what does it end up meaning for you? So it's very interesting, like gaining perspective on it. If you start looking back in your life on different like phases that you've gone through or different like chapters of your life and you can kind of like see what moon you are in and how it kind of like flavored those two years 
So, mm-hmm. like, when I was, when I had, like, a surgery on my ear, I was in an Aries progressed moon. Oh, that's interesting. Which is, like, on my head, and then it's in my sixth house. Yeah, yeah, all the head stuff. When I went to, like, when I was having, like, a ton of psychological stuff as a teenager, and I got sent to this, like, rehab, like, boarding school thing, I was in a Libra moon, which would have been in my 12th house. Oh, oh that's so fascinating. Okay, I do have to look back into progress. It's so interesting. When I was, like, I had, like, sexual abuse happen, I was in a Scorpio moon. Uh, and then that was in your first house. Right, the self, the body. Right, yeah, exactly, like, the integral self piece. Oh, my God. I mean, I feel that way about like when I calculated my card of the year for all the years since I was born, like I just sat down and I just calculated them for myself. And I look back at some of them and like my dark night of the soul years were like a tower chariot year. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, it's so true. And it's interesting because I did that in like the year that I did where I got sent away as a teenager, that was also a justice year. So again, with like the Libra. All the Libra and like the, the balance and like what is true justice? Like what does that really mean? Totally. And like relationships, but then in like this 12th house, it's very interesting, like combining both. Yeah, and, like, because then it's all these different layers of different ways of, like, understanding the same event that happened and different ways of, like, processing it, right? Totally. Uh I'm excited for a Taurus moon. When do you start your Taurus moon year? I think next year. Ooh, that'll be exciting. I know. Rest moon hanging in your seventh house, too. Yeah, that'll be nice. Oh, be good. You'll get all these nice, all these nice vibes. I just, hope so. <laughs> just chocolate all everywhere. Chocolate, beauty, just light things. Sounds wonderful. Right? Like, I could use up. some of that. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like all of this stuff going on, just a little bit of, you know, bathtubs and chocolate and like cozy blankets sounds great I feel like like the more and more I'm realizing like self-care is always changing because you're always changing yes and like like nothing is good or bad and like you can just Especially, like, again, my Pluto and Scorpio, because I can, like, take things that are good and, like, completely overdo it and make them bad. So then something that was, like, once great when it was in balance, like, goes out of balance and then it's bad. But then later on, once you go back in balance, you can add it back in. Yeah. And it's figuring out, like, how to do that in a way that's, like, healthy and that's needed. Cause yeah, I can totally do that. I'll get, I feel you on that. It's like, I'll get so into doing all these nice things for myself and like reading for a really long time or something. And then all of a sudden it's too much. And because then I'm not paying attention to anything else in the rest of my life. Totally. Then you start avoiding. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> never done that before I don't know what you're talking about especially with like the Capricorn of like the perfectionist because I feel yeah. like it can get overwhelming and then you just like shut down yeah exactly it's like so there's so many things to be perfectionist about for the Capricorn and then if you can't manage them then it's just like well I can't do any of, I can't do any of them perfectly so I just won't do any of them yes <laughs> just not helpful. not helpful no not helpful but it's true it's like that it's like it, it can totally paralyze us when we're when we have all this Capricorn it can just be really paralyzing in that moment where you're like well I can't I can't, I can't do any of these things it's too many it's too much it's like too perfect and so then you just the Capricorn I heard someone say once the Capricorn freeze and I wish I remember who said that but I loved it I was like yes that's exactly what I feel it's so true I feel like it might have been Jessica Yadu, but I'm not sure. It's interesting because you think about like water when it's flowing. Because I also think like Capricorn, because they have like, because it's a sea goat, you also have the water. Yeah. So if things get too cold, like you get ice and then it's just like freezing. Right. And plus you think about like Capricorn season in here in the Northern Hemisphere right. is a lot more like ice, frozen water, cold, like stark trees like it is it can just be that moment where it's so much that it just stops it's so true so how do you like how do you tune into your intuition since you're a Pisces moon tell me more well for me it's all it's a feeling I feel it as a tingling around my heart like, so like when I'm reading tarot, I know when to stop when my heart tingles, like, Ooh. and it's like a little bit, like goes down my hand a little bit, but it's mostly my heart. And it's funny. Cause I have realized like through like, which maybe I think, cause I guess like it makes sense because my Pisces is in my fifth house. And when I look at Placidus and the fifth house is like the house of Leo and Leo is the heart. And so it's totally. like my intuition all around that part of my body. And so it's, it's been interesting when I started to realize that and I started to connect to that more. And then I looked, I thought back around other moments in my life when I might have felt like dread that just felt around my heart and I couldn't explain it. And those were always the moments when I should have listened to my intuition and I didn't. And it was super affirming when I realized that. And I was like, oh, that's why. I'll feel like this tension around my heart when things aren't good and things aren't right versus when like when I'm reading and I know it's time to choose that card. It's like ah, little sparkles. I love that. Do you have any stories about like tarot helping you with something? I mean, I feel like it just helps me like every day in my life. To be honest, I feel like. Do you draw a card every morning? I do. I draw a card every morning. What was your card this morning? This morning, it was the two of pentacles. Ooh, what do you think that is about? Well, I think it has a lot to do with like finding balance with my body was the biggest thing that came through for me because I've just been thinking a lot about like, lately I've just been thinking a lot about like my relationship to my body and like my physical presence and coming into like a more equitable and fair relationship with myself, with like how I view myself, my like physical self. And that 
just felt really resonant. And it was funny to me too, because it's like such a Capricorn card and we just entered into Aquarius season. And so I think it was also a part of me that was like, no, I'm not ready. I like the Capricorn. (laughs) Oh my God. But Saturn's going to move. I know Saturn's going to move. And like, I'm so excited to see what happens. I am too. I think it's going to be so interesting. I'm really interested about what will happen when Saturn goes over my north node. Ooh, yeah. What what degree is your north node at? I don't know. It's probably so mine's Do you know 20- such things? Well, I know mine's 28, so I figure yours has got to be pretty close. Probably. 27. I can Google it. Will that help? Will you know something about it? No, I was just curious. <laughs> good to know uh where is saturn right now what degree do we know Saturn 22 i don't know if it's quite moved to 23 yet yeah so it's getting it's getting closer you have your mercury there too my mercury's all my Mercury's all the way at the start. It's actually conjunct my sun all the way at like two degrees of Capricorn. Oh yeah. Because you were born earlier. Yeah. And because it was a Mercury was retrograde when I was born. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So Saturn's at 23 degrees right now. So how do you feel like in Mercury retrogrades? I love Mercury retrograde. Really? Tell me. Sorry, everyone out there who doesn't. I love them. How do you experience them? I feel like everyone kind of gets on my level all of a sudden because sometimes I find it really hard to, I feel like when I'm communicating, sometimes I will say things and what my brain thought and what my mouth said were not the same. (laughs) And... Mm -hmm. That can be, and it's just, so it's just like, that's been hard or I have, or I feel like I think about what I'm saying a lot and I process out loud as I say it. So sometimes as I say something, like it makes more sense the further along I get as in what I'm saying. (laughs) And so then I feel like when it's Mercury retrograde, everyone else is doing more of that is being more reflective with their way of speaking. And so it's like, they understand me better or, or we all like can communicate more easily. And so it just feels, it just feels comfortable. I love that. I wish that was for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have massive tower moments, like every Mercury retrograde and they're oh. always like for the best, like whatever's out of alignment, like really has to go, but it's yeah. always like extremely painful. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do was your is your natal mercury is it retrograde or was it not? I think it is retrograde. And my right. Venus is retrograde. Yeah, I I'm with you. I have a lot of retrograde planets. Do you not have Venus? Venus? You probably have the same thing, right? No, my Venus isn't retrograde, but my Mars is and my Jupiter is. Oh, interesting. I think those are my only two. I need to look closer. Maybe I'm making that up that my Venus is retrograde. Retrograde. I'm pretty sure my Venus isn't retrograde. That's all sign. But um, what was I gonna say? But then you so how so did you feel like that happened with all of the Mercury retrogrades last year? Yes. 
They were like, all so hard. Just a big slap in the face. Just like being like. <laughs> Which is also like it was my Saturn return year also. True. True. So it's like an extra, just an extra moment. I'm really not looking forward to the Pisces one though. I mean, they're all in water. They I are, think it's all also water. like I'm so emotional that. Yeah. I don't know. It just like stirs the pot. Yes. I mean, I did. Granted, I did feel like the Pisces one was harder. The Pisces one was so hard. Pisces one was so hard. I was just like, I. The Leo one was really hard too. Was it Leo? Yeah. Because it was like a little like Leo into cancer. Yeah. Those were terrible. They were both terrible. (laughs) But I think that had to do with the eclipse also. Right, yeah, because the the Leo Cancer one was with the Eclipse. Mm-hmm. That was the Scorpio one, though. The Scorpio one was very like grieving. Mm. It felt just very like the best way I can describe it was it felt like I was coming to terms with the Saturn, like the Saturn lessons, and it felt like I was becoming an adult, but I felt very sad about it and depressed and like I just felt like I was grieving my child self yeah which is like which is so understandable right because it's the whole new phase and it's like we don't get to go back and be kids again totally I felt so sad I was like oh I can't smoke weed like I can't like which I felt like I identified as like this fun carefree part of myself Mm. even though that it wasn't even like turning out to be that way but like this nostalgic feeling it's just that nostalgic feeling of your childhood even if your childhood like those parts aren't even that great right but just like the essence of childness that is wonderful and it's like yeah and that childness and like what childhood can mean in general, it's like even almost as like an archetypal energy, right? There's like that idea of childhood and that idea of like the innocence and the excitement and like the way in which things were so real and like all those pieces that are harder to have in the adult self. So where is it going to be in your, where is it going to be in Aquarius for you? It's going to, hold on, let me pull up my handy-dandy honeycomb planner that will tell me everything I need to know ever. Okay, perfect. Um, let's see. It's Mercury, where are you? I think it's mostly, I mean, it's mostly fourth house. And then it's a little bit, it's like a little bit of fifth house and then mostly fourth house. So I was like, cool. So I've been dealing with this in all my eclipses. And then now I get more like home life, like personal internal life stuff. Like cool. Maybe like stability in your home life. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm like, I'm moving. I don't know when, but like in July, in June or July, I'm going to move. And so, and I feel so stable. I've got like this cute little apartment that's so great. And I've been living here for almost four years. 
And so it's sort of this last hurrah of that stability of this place. Oh my God, it's so Uranus and Taurus. Oh my gosh, so Uranus and Taurus, right? How's that been for you? That's been that's been interesting for me because it's it's especially because in this first part of it, it's basically been trying to my son and Mercury for the whole time. Me too. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, it's just like not Mercury, but my son. I mean, and everything else that's like right next to my son. Oh, okay, so you have a bunch of other ones that are like really close with your son because yeah. all my other cap planets are a little bit further. They're like, yeah, 12. I have like Saturn, Sun, Neptune, and Uranus are like all on a bench. I'll just chill it and just hanging together, just hanging, just doing their thing. The intense gang, <laughs> intense gang. <laughs> I'm so curious how you feel the like Neptune, Saturn. Well, they, like, both kind of, like, flank my son. Oh, so they're, like, giving your son a hug or a sandwich. Yeah, if you think about it that way, I like that. I think... Those sandwich hugs. Like, the one I feel the most is Neptune because that's, like, exactly conjunct my son. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I definitely feel like the Uranus with the Saturn... Which is interesting because, like, I like structure, but it has to be on my own terms. Ooh, that's so, yeah, I totally see that with Uranus-Saturn. But it's very hard to do that in a world that wants you to follow their rules. Yeah. So I think that's been difficult to navigate, I would say, but rewarding when it happens. (laughs) Um, when there is success, yes. And I think like trying a big theme of my chart is trying to give like physical manifestation for all of these like intuitive and creative ideas, like that very like Neptunian. Ooh, yeah, which feels aligned with having this podcast and like having right. Having like a an out in the world like tarot practice and an out in the world like podcast where you get to just talk about all this intuitive stuff. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you, how did you feel like with uh, Uranus trining everything for you? It, I don't know. It's felt kind of. It's felt like a permission slip to let myself be my more myself. And especially when that goes outside, like the boundaries and the limits and the sense of like who society thinks I should be or like who I should, what, like how, how I should be quote. I I don't know. I kind of feel like it, it makes me think some about the aspect of being more and more out with my tarot practice in the world at, at the same time as also having like being a medical student and having all of that kind of what we were talking about earlier that can sometimes they can be at odds with each other mm. from each side to the other even though I think that they can really integrate so beautifully and so it's it's sort of been this big permission slip to be like yes you get to be you in the way you are and like that is great and that's important and go for it and like shine that out in the world and don't be worried about what other people say or think about that and just do it. 
I love that, like that big flowing energy there. Exactly, exactly. And to like, I feel like the retrogrades for me that have been about like going in and making sure like, okay, as I'm doing this out in the world, then where, like what has felt good? What hasn't felt good? Where have I like limited myself? Where have I, like what kind of internal boundaries am I still struggling against and to like work through that? And then going back direct again, it's like, okay, I did some of that work on that. And like, here's the next version. It's like, I, I edited that rough draft and now here's like draft two. <laughs> so yours would be in your seventh house. Yeah. Mine's in my seventh house. And so it's also like, it has definitely, I feel like it's definitely come up to, um, with my partner. Cause like we started doing all of this, like taking, like having, like actually having a business together and like taking that out into the world. And that's been a total transformation of our relationship and having to work out like he's a Taurus rising and a Scorp sun. And so also a lot of like intensity and doing things his way. And then I'm like, with all my Capricorn self, I'm like, here's how we're going to do it. And so <laughs> like so some butting of heads, which has been really good because it's also helped us grow and like communicate about new things we didn't have to communicate about before. Oh my God. I love that. You're totally like making the best of it. <laughs> that's our, that's our goal. There have been some, some headbutts, but you know, that's part of the process. Totally. I feel like mine has been like a lot of sixth house themes because mm. it's been in the sixth house, but then it's been like crossing. I think it's going to cross over my descendant Ooh. next year. Ooh, that'll be interesting. That'll be very interesting. Very interesting. And I'm like, like, what sort of relationships are going to change? Because I do like so much like one-on-one client work. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. And like even, right, just like shaking up that aspect of the self relationship and the outward relationship and how those can come together. And I feel like... Every time, like, it goes in and out of retrograde, it's been a very, like, tangible manifestation of getting a different, like, part-time hustle. Ooh, interesting. Like, almost to the day. It's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, and have you, and have you felt it, too, with having Uranus trying your Uranus then, or has it not quite reached your Uranus? It did. It did the Uranus trying Uranus. That that? was around when I stopped smoking weed. Oh. So it like completely changed myself. Yeah. All this like shake up energy and Mm -hmm. like total like revolution of who you are. Totally. Yourself. Yeah. Yes. I think it's going to try my Uranus towards the end of this year sometime. And it was interesting because it was like a very hard transition, but I feel like so much better. Yeah, and it's like you kind of got into that next stage. And it was so quick. Like, it happened, like, overnight. Which is to- which makes sense with the Uranus. It's like, right? lightning changes, like, here we go, new new directions. And I was like, what is this thing going to be? And then oh. it was like, boom. And like, here it is. This is what it's going to be now. Totally. Oh, how cool. I know. I love astrology. I do too. It's so, I think it's so fun to 
look at the transits and put them on your chart and be like, well, that explains why I was feeling this way. Or like, well, this is where this is coming through. And like, I just, it's so interesting. And it's so cool how two people can have like such a similar chart, but then it manifests in such different ways. Yeah. Or the differences are like just enough that they're unique. But then like, I love, cause I feel like I can totally see so much of myself in what you talk about in your chart. And then there's enough differences. It's like our Marses are probably pretty close to opposite. And so that's and like just such- like the MC. Yeah, exactly. Like just those subtle shifts are like just enough that there's like, we can see each other in the chart, but there's like a unique spin on it. And I think that's why it's so important to get like your rising sign. Yes, it is. It is. Because it makes such a big difference. It's like it would really shift like my chart if I was if I was born like an hour earlier. I can't believe like it's blowing my mind like you're Chiron and Cancer in the 10th house and you're going to be like a psychiatrist. No, it's actually in my ninth, but, but then I feel like that fits with it because it's still, it's like the learning about it. Oh yeah. Right. Well, like, hi, yeah, totally. Else. Cause it's like all the learning about it. And then I like take it and then I take it out into the world with my Leoness that I am trying to embody. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, if you did it whole sign, it would be 10th. That's true. If I did whole sign, it would be 10th, which is maybe another like call for me to look at whole signs more. All right. You're convincing me, Anna. Right. With all of the eclipse stuff with your fourth house, it's uh, like killing me. <laughs> You're like, just look at the whole whole sign already. I feel like it like tells a story between the two. Like I feel yeah. like the two are completely valid and it kind of like starts to confuse me, but I don't know. There's like, it's so rich. Yeah, it's true because it's like there are those different levels and layers of nuance that are super helpful because, yeah, because then in whole sign, it would be my 10th house because Cap would be my first, my fourth house. And so then, yeah, it's like Chiron would be all there, all about me taking this as a psychiatrist, like me taking all of this, like my own wounds around like vulnerability and all of this stuff and like using that out in the world to help other people, which is definitely what I feel. Okay, so I know I've been talking to you for a million hours, but I want to know, like, what else you're learning in Kathleen's program? Uh, It's so amazing. So it just started in Capricorn season, and we're basically tracking the different signs through the seasons. And so what's really fun, too, is that there's people who are from all over the world, and so they have really different experiences of Capricorn season. Wow. For me, Capricorn season is, like, very stark. It's, like, the trees are pared down to their essence. It's cold. It's generally really rainy and gray in Portland. And then there was someone in the class from India, and she was sharing. It's, like, it's winter, and it's also, like, a lot more tropical and warm and, like, these different plants and things. And and it just – I think it's, like, really rich for thinking about the signs more – like, more deeply, right? Because it's – it's – like my experience of Capricorn is not the same experience that everyone else has of Capricorn season, like as a, as a time of year. Right. Totally. And it makes me think of, I pulled the eight of pentacles today. Ooh. 
and I pulled it with like this ancestry card and it made me think of like a seed is grown in like the same earth, but it's like manifested in so many different ways. Yeah. So like this and like eights being like change, but it's such like an earthly thing. Yeah. That's funny that we both drew pentacles today on the first day of Aquarius season. I know. They're like, your work's not over. You're like, keep, keep doing it. Keep digging. Go, go. How do you feel about Aquarius? I, so I really struggle with Aquarius. Me too. Do Do you have any planets in Aquarius? I do. In Placidus, I have my Venus is in Aquarius. Okay. And my North Node. Oh, okay. Because I have no planets in Aquarius and I just, it feels like this big question mark. It's still really <laughs> like, hard though. What? How do you, how do you connect with the Venus? I feel like I really like a al- lot alone time. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I love you, but get away from me. Right. Like you can go sit over there. I'll be over here. And I think that's why, like, I love connecting with people, like, over the internet because I'm not fully in their space where I'm, like, taking in their energy. Yeah. So it feels like a little bit more of a boundary. Right. And it's like that there's, like, the separateness in your own space and you can be in your space, like, however you want. Like, you can be wearing your pajamas and no one knows. Totally. And then I also like I love like I find like nothing sexier than like somebody who's smart. Ooh, yeah. So yeah. like my husband's a Gemini and like I love that. Like he talks about everything and like he's so like interested in all these different things. And like that chance where you get to just like learn and learn and learn. Totally. And like all of my celebrity crushes are like so random. (laughs) And they'll be like, I'll tell people and they'll be like, what? Like, I love celebrity crushes. Like, I love Tim Ferriss. (laughs) Who's like, what? Like, why? Like, if you look at a picture of him, he's not like the most like dashing man. (laughs) But like. I don't know. I just love him. I love his podcast. And then I also love Sean White. I love this. This is so great. Who like, like what? Like whenever I tell people that, like I get so much hate, but he seems like the most interesting man alive. I feel like he'd be so interesting to talk with. And like, just just to be like, talk to me, like share your thoughts with me. Totally. Who oh, are God. your, where do you have your Venus? I have my Venus in Capricorn. Oh, my Venus who are your celebrity crushes? Well, so it's funny because my Venus is conjunct by Neptune. And I was like thinking about this when Ooh. you were saying this. And I was like, I don't really have celebrity crushes in people, but I totally, ha- in like actors or something or like movie people, but I totally have celebrity crushes in books. And I feel like that's the Oh Neptune. my God, who are they? Oh my God, my big celebrity crush is definitely Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, like hands down. Is that the elf one? No, he's the one who becomes the king of Gondor. Is he, who's he played by in the movie? Viggo Mortensen. Oh, also, yes. Who also is my movie crush in that movie. Like, let's be real. Did but, you know they just put it all on Netflix? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I own the extended edition. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I love that. I have like a, a whole bookshelf that's dedicated to Lord of the Rings stuff. So. I want everyone to comment when I post this with their where their Venus is and who their celebrity or non-fictional or fictional oh crushes are. Yes. I think that'd be so interesting because it's like, who is it is it real is it not like how does it connect to that love piece because it's like I have this crush on a person who's not real and then but I'm also like oh, that's so great oh my god that is like I feel like I'm gonna ask everybody this question I love this question I feel like how can you relate it to other things but it's like so specific yeah I know now I'm like trying to think about it more I'm like oh what is that how does that reflect in like other parts of the life Right? Like, like, what would your Jupiter be? I don't know. I don't know. Where do you have, you have your Jupiter in Leo. I have my Jupiter in Leo, yeah. Do you feel like yeah. you're really lucky when it comes to, I don't know, your career? Because it would be, what, your 10th house? Yeah, I feel like, like, I've definitely had a lot of opportunities come up that were sort of, were just, like, because I knew someone who knew someone, and then I got to, like, go do this internship or like go do this thing and it was a lot of like like luck and feeling like I was like in the right place at the right time Ooh, I love that like that has totally come through with my Jupiter and Leo I which have, I mm-hmm. hadn't thought about till you asked me that and then I was like oh yeah I have mine in the eighth house which I always like win contests really oh my gosh I love that like all the time like, are you, so I'm totally one of those people who enters every contest on Instagram ever, and I never win them. Are you the person who just enters one, and you're like, oh, look, I won. Oh, all the time. Oh, my God. All the time. And I, like, sometimes I, like, feel bad, and I, like, stop entering, because I'm like, Anna, like, let other people win. <laughs> <laughs> Is your retrograde? Do you know? I don't know. I need to check. That's so- I don't think so. Maybe not. But I think that's just it's so full, full blast. <laughs> full blast. Full because steam ahead. it's like other people's resources. Yeah. So you're like, yes, I will take this free like tarot deck that I'm winning. Like, sure, I'll win these chocolates. Like, perfect. And it's never anything like a physical competition, though. Like, it's just, it's like things you can win. Right. It's like sweepstakes. Which totally feels like other people's resources for sure. Right? Because it's not on like my own accord. But that's great. That's like. Yeah, it is fun. And another random thing, which I don't know. I don't know like how I can tie this into my chart, but I find like four leaf clovers everywhere. Ooh, do you? That feels, I don't know why that feels kind of Pisces moon to me. Does it? Oh, well, I I guess kind of like synchronicity. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of luck, too. So maybe it is still sort of the Jupiter. Right? Because, like, I've never... Ooh, the Jupiter and Cancer, because Cancer is the Earth. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 because it's, like... And they're, like, these tangible representations of luck that you get to see. Oh, I like that. I like that, too. Yes. What are you... So I'm so curious, because now... When we're thinking about, I'm still thinking about Aragorn because, you know, always on the mind. Uh But I'm so curious, like, what you're thinking about this emperor year. 
Because he's an archetype I really re- I really resonate with the emperor. And so it just makes me think about emperor all the time now. Okay, so I feel like I had a lot of ideas before the beginning of the year. And then I feel like they all got shattered in my <laughs> hanged man. <laughs> yes. And it's interesting because the emperor is my birth card. Ooh, so you're in like a birth year return. I am. Oh. Which is very interesting. How does that feel? So far, so good, I guess. So far, slash good, slash uncomfortable. Yeah. Like returning, like that aspect of like returning to the self that's like a little uncomfortable, even though it's like kind of nice. No, it just feels more like, I just feel more of the hanged man. Ooh, yeah. Like, it almost feels like the emperor is the hanged man. Like, the emperor is being hung upside down. And, like, I'm supposed to make art, but I'm hanging upside down. Ooh. Because, like, I I think of the emperor as the artist. Ooh, tell me more. Like, this idea that, like, you're showing up to your craft every single day. And, like, you're creating this structure in order to create. So, like, you're carving out the time and you're being super disciplined and you're creating these things and then they're going out into the world as, like, a representation of you and what you created and a way to, like, show up and share yourself with the world. So, I love that. But it it almost feels like I just don't have my tools. Right. It's like, right, because if you're, like, hanging, like, the hanged man, if the emperor is hanging, like, their tools are down there on the ground, but they can't get them because they're stuck in this one place. Totally. And then it's like, okay, you need to like do it with your mind then. And then it's like, but I don't know how to do that. Right. Like I, I always use my hands to make this. Like, how am I going to use my mind to do this instead? Totally. Yeah. Ooh, I can feel that. Right. And I I don't really know how like the chariot ties in yet. Well, maybe, I mean, it feels like it's some of that energy too of like in all of this, it can feel a little bit like you're kind of going in place, right? Like you're trying to create and you're trying to make these things come out into the world, but because it's all like you're, you're stuck and you're just churning all that energy. Right. But I also feel like it feels a little bit like it's all for a purpose, like mm. If I spend a year upside down, when I get back up, I'm going to have, like, really great glowy skin. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm going to have great blood circulation in the face. (laughs) Your your face is just going to be so radiant. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Your heart is like, yes, we've got this. Don't you worry. So the um, the card that I pulled with the hanged man was community, Ooh. which is very interesting. So like, and it's interesting also with like my Venus being an Aquarius of like in the third house. So yeah. like, because right, the aspect of community is so important to you in some in some way in that like connective like 
love, but love not just like romantic, but like love that you feel for people. Totally. Like love for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like love for the world, like that kind of feeling. And like, how do I like be a part of the world, but then also not like get affected too harshly by the world? Mm -hmm. Like, how can Mm -hmm. I be in balance? And then also, I feel like it's a little bit about like leadership also. Totally. It's like be and like feels like kind of that aspect of like leading from your heart, but leading from your heart in a way that's like what your heart wants for for everyone out in the community, like everyone out in the world. Totally. And then also like being, it feels like almost like being blindfolded. Like I loved what you said about like having the podcast and you, and I'm like putting myself out there, but I can't like see what's happening. Right. So that feels a little bit like hanged Manny. Yeah. Because you can't like, and plus everything when you're hanging upside down, like everything that you see you can interpret it in a different way than what is normally seen, right? Because it's like, it's a different perspective. And so you can try and look the way you're used to, but it, it doesn't work. And totally. so you need kind of like, let, it's almost like ask a moment in which you're asked to like, let go of what you can see and just see like, okay, what, what do I feel? Or like, what, what am I like? What do I sense? Not what do I see? And then also like, keep on, like doing all of the things, even though I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Yeah. But then realizing like, it's about like developing myself. Is it yeah. really about like actually getting anywhere? Yeah. Like, where was, am I like, trying to go? <laughs> totally. Well, cause I was actually thinking about this stationary bike thing again. Cause I think it's actually such an apt metaphor for this. Right. You're not quote going anywhere but like you're doing all of this internal work and like your body's gonna get all toned and your muscles are gonna work in these different ways and And it's a part of a community oh right another layer yeah it's a part of a community totally and it's all this stuff that like people can't see because you can't see your muscles like working but you can feel it totally in these ways that like you can't you can't see and are not like obvious outside necessarily, but like they're obvious inside and you're sharing that with all these other people. How do you feel about it? About the The emperor, the emperor. So also what's your birth card? So my, I'm a wheel of fortune magician birth card, Um, which like took me, it makes so much sense to me. And it also is like, I get why it's hard for me to connect to them because I've totally felt like so much of my life, there's been like ups and downs and huge swings. And, and it's, and I have this tension in myself of like, I want to control things and I know I need to like let them be. And then that's all the wheel of fortune feeling that I get. And then the magician, I'm like, there's been so much, I think over my life of reminding myself of all of that, like power to transform that I have within myself, like all of that I am alchemical, even if outside world has tried to make me think that I'm not. And I feel like recognizing my magician card for myself has been so helpful because it's like, oh yeah, I actually do have all these resources in me and I can use outside stuff to like help me learn more about them or deepen my connection with them. And like, it is all at my fingertips. And like, that's so exciting. Um, I love the magician card. 
too. I do too. It's like, it took me a long time to feel comfortable with it, but now I get it. And I'm like, yeah, here we go. When we had like a collective magician year, like that was like the best year of my life. Uh, When was the last collective magician year? I haven't done that math. Like a couple years ago, like maybe like four years ago, five years ago. Interesting. Let me see. Um, hold on one second. Quick pause. Yeah. Important pause. Um, so 2017. Oh, yeah, that was a really good year. What was that? That would have been, yeah, that would have been 10 and then reduced down to one. Oh, I was in a magician year that year too. I got married. I ran a marathon. Oh my gosh, so many things. So many things. The wind was beneath my wings. Yeah, and it's all this like, look at everything that you can do. Like you can run a marathon. Like you get to go into this next stage being married. Like all of this. Right? And then I feel like the next year was absolutely horrible. Not absolutely horrible. That's not fair to say, but very hard with the high priestess. Yeah. Yeah. And like all of that intensity coming of like high priestessness and Hank, Hank manness, which like I feel that. like was very like Pisces. Cause I think I was in a pr- Pisces progressed moon. So, Ooh, so we're all of that aligned together. Totally. And it just felt like, and the Neptune. Yeah. Neptune, and it can just moon. feel really confusing. Con- so conf- in like, so anxious. Like, I've never been more anxious in my life. Which makes, like, that's all that Pisces, like, overwhelm, emotional, like, where do I go with all of these? Totally. Feelings, like, yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, but uh, the magician was lovely. Yes, I, I do. Now that I've, like, come to understand the magician more, and see how I can utilize the magician in myself. Yes, the magician is so fun. I love it. It's so great. Okay, so how do you like the emperor? Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, so I feel like, I mean, so like, like we were talking about earlier, for me, coming on this podcast is definitely feels very emperor to me. Yes. Uh, just in that moment of being like, okay, I'm stepping up into this next level of myself, and I'm going to be totally unafraid to like be myself and just like, share it out in the world and be okay with like however it goes. And, and it's, it's, I feel like I have been connecting a lot to the idea of the emperor as being kind of like Aragorn in Lord of the Rings because of, because he basically, you know, in a very short and succinct way of describing his whole story arc, he spends like a huge amount of time in this, you know, prior to the start of the story and in the start of the story, he's been like hiding his true identity as the last king of the Numenorians and like hiding this and trying to like sort of being someone who he isn't. And in some ways it's been really helpful because it gives him all these skills that he can use. Like he's Strider, he's like a really good tracker. He's made friends with, with elves, like all these other things. And then there's a point where he has to kind of like step up and be fully in his embodiedness of like, he is the last of the Numenorean race. And like, he is 
or in their like king race basically. And he is asked to step up and become the king of Gondor. And like, there's a moment when I think it's Gandalf tells him and like, stop hiding behind the cloak of Strider and be who you're meant to be. And I just, right. It's like, take away that aspect of who you've been to sort of fit in or to hide or to kind of have these aspects of yourself. And then when he does that, then he takes the Palantir and he confronts Sauron like through the eye. And then he leads the people of Gondor. And then he, then he even inspires all of the, peoples of middle earth and like yes he's a very you know man quote archetype of the emperor and obviously the emperor is clearly not all like quote man or masculine or whatever and i so feel inspired by it because it's he like then he's at the end and they're in front of the the black gate of mordor and he inspires all of you know the these men that are the representatives of the quote the free peoples of of middle earth and he tells them like there might be a day where a day of shattered shields and a day where we forsake our brothers but it's not today like today we fight and then they charge upon the black gate and it's such feels like such an empowered emperor moment and then he also knows when like when he's crowned afterwards and frodo has Finally, you know, he thrown the ring in after all of his struggles and, and everything. And they're back at Gondor and they're back at Minas Tirith and he gets crowned. And then the hobbits go to kneel before him. And he says, no, my friends, you bow to no one. And then he bows to them, which feels such like such high vibe. Yes. Right. Because the emperor also knows like. I don't get to just sit here and be this fancy king. Like I know when I should bow to other people and like when I should honor them for being who they are and when I should be honored for who I am. And so I, I like, I'm so excited about that. Wow. Like, and that's like a a powerful story. Right. Isn't it? I'm like, Oh, I need to reread. Clearly I just need to reread the Lord of the Rings again for like the millionth time. So I can, soak up all these emperor vibes yes oh my god and extract all of the good information for us right (laughs) just like that should be my new uh my new project is just archetypes of the tarot and the lord of the rings i'm here i feel like taking that idea into like healing and the therapy and psychiatrists like if you're able to like bring that idea to that field Like, you're going to be so powerful to people. Because, like, so many times I've had therapists where it feels like there's this weird authority. And, like, it didn't feel like we were equals. Yeah. Where, like, it felt like I didn't have, like, it wasn't empowering. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. That sense of, like, oh, I know the answer and I know like the right information and I'm going to give it to you totally and then like somebody's better than the other person right like more evolved or like made it further down their path whatever that means right totally oh my god I love that isn't that just like and that's what I find it's like so powerful because it's totally a recognition of like stepping up and being a leader. It makes me think a lot about that Venus and Aquarius, what we were talking about, like stepping up and being a leader and you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for 
like in community with other people and you know like this is my time where I step forward and I like put myself forward and I also recognize when's the time when I put other people forward instead totally like that's so key such a balance it's such a balance it's so important which is probably like both of our Pisces or Pisces both of our Libra Nists like also talking be like well balance we need balance but it's so true it's so funny because you're so much more comfortable with the Libra like every time there's like a Libra moon I'm so anxious because all it's doing is lighting up my 12th house right right yeah because it's just like spending all of that time and all of the like deep confusing parts of of life whereas like I get a I only have like a little sliver that's my first house but I feel like it's it's enough. It's enough that, where it makes like a big difference, I think, where you like identify yeah. with it. Exactly. And totally like whole signs, it would be my whole first house. And so I, I like very much resonate with that because it's like, I get it. And I feel that sometimes like too much into the balance side and sometimes like too much into the harmony side, but like it's, it's like easier to access in some ways. Oh, this was so fun. So great. I had the best time. Me Thank you for too. letting me like step up into a little bit more emperorness like so early in this year. Oh my God. I love. Okay. Last question, which I feel like you already answered, but if you had a crush on a tarot card, which one would it be? Ooh, a crush on a tarot card. Ooh, I like this. Who would it be? I actually think it would be the emperor. Right? <laughs> totally. I think so too oh, for emperor. you. Oh my gosh, it's totally the emperor because every time I look at the emperor, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, yes, please. I love that. It'd be your tarot crush. Mm. The first thing that comes to mind is the death card. (laughs) So intense. So Scorpio. So Scorpio. So Scorpio first house. I love it. Right? Oh my gosh. Just like, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty great though. Like the grim, you know, the like sexy grim reaper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like come dominate me. Yes. Yeah, bring the sight. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I love that this got weird. <laughs> Take it where it goes. It's great. Okay. So tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. So I am at the scales of the goat on Instagram. And if you're in Portland, I read tarot at woo, um, which is in Kenton on Sundays. Um, and they're at woo PDX. So that's easy to find. Um, and in the future, there might be more other online things, but for now it's just the IG. And can people like, do you do tarot readings online? Yes, I can totally do tarot readings online. So if anyone is interested, they can just shoot me a little DM and I would be delighted to do a PDF reading. Yay! Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for inviting me on. It was so much fun. You tell my girl, yo, I'll be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl, I can't stay. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. You'll give a kiss to my mother. To my mother. We had none. I had to do something, so I'm knocking on heaven's door like I'm not
Hello again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Didn't you love Victoria? She is wonderful. So definitely connect with her on Insta, the scales of the goat. Check out all the amazing things she has to offer. And if you enjoyed this podcast, again, just take a minuti and rate and review the pod. That would be amazing and it would mean so much to me. And I will be back soon with another episode. I love you guys. I hope you are staying safe. Again, I know I already said that in the beginning, but it bears repeating Um, I wish you guys all the happiness and health in the world and that's it. Love you. Well, that's not it. I wish you everything else you want to, but (laughs) okay, that's it for now. I'll see you next week. Bye. Said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl you won't be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl I can't stay. I'll be gone.